Marriage. Marriage is black a box of chocolates. Marriage is a very particular set of skills. Marriage is so fat. Marriage is what brings us together today. Do you need a minute? Maybe. Are you ready? I think you're still processing. I'm definitely still processing. Number one takeaway is there are way too many characters. No, but okay. It's impossible for me to remember who they all are. And then like every time I think I know who someone is, somebody is zipping by in a nearly identical suit. Very hard to keep track. So, lot to get through. You're right. It's de- These are dense, dense movies. I think we should start at the end, though. The snap. Pretty intense. But... If you're gonna kill half of humanity, that does seem like the most humane way to do it. So you're gonna be a Thanos apologist? In this I guess episode? so. That's gonna be your take? I was, I was not expecting that. But I mean, just like, some pretty big names taken off the board. Maybe yeah. we'll come back to it. But I just, I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised that your first reaction to the snap was like, mm, like, humane. It wasn't my merciful. It wasn't my first reaction. It's just like when you're thinking about it. This the movie made me think a lot of um, that Dan Brown book, Angels and Demons. No, the more recent one, Inferno. Yes, Inferno, um, where like the bad guy, literally, what he wants to do is wipe out I think a third of humanity for this exact thing. Resources are depleting. They're, like this is a movement. It's a real thing that happens. Are you saying that Dan Brown, Amherst alum? <laughs> stole an idea for a book from a comic book from several years ago? I don't know what came first. This book is old. And just changed the fraction of life that he wants to kill? I'm just saying that the idea of overpopulation being controlled is not a new one. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely true. You don't like the direction this is going. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I was re- I thought we were going to spend more time at the snap at the start. I think now I want to work our way back to it because I think you're in shock. Okay. And you're not thinking clearly. And okay. uh, I will say this. I'm very glad that I got to watch the next movie as soon as we're done recording this yeah. episode. And I don't have to wait over a year like you did. Let's let's get into it. Actually, so this movie came out in at the end of April 2018. Mm-hmm. Big time for us. Big time for us. Our son was like less than three weeks old when this movie came out. And I think I took a Saturday afternoon off. You were on maternity leave. And I went to see it. And also, like, I Hold had on. to avoid... Of course, <laughs> as I usually do for these type of movies. Uh, and I remember, like, the movie came out. I'm, I was a pretty big fan of the MCU. I still am. And th- I had to avoid the internet. Because I knew I knew that there was a big ending. And everybody knew that this was... Originally, it was going to be called Infinity War Part 1 Part 2. Kind of okay. like Deathly Hollows. So people knew that this was only Part 1 of whatever. Right. Everybody knew. So they shot Infinity War and Endgame back to back. Everyone knew... A second Avengers movie was going to come out April 2019. I was thinking to myself, they must have shot these back-to-back, even if they didn't release them next to each other, because, you t- like, if it picks up right when one leaves off, you can't just, like, rebuild Wakanda to- for filming, you know? Sure. And, I mean, to your point about there's so many people in this, like, imagine mm-hmm. the scheduling of, right. like, how many A-list celebrities right. are in this movie. I mean, Gwyneth is busy. Gwyneth's not that busy. <laughs> she's definitely like not in the top ten busiest people in oh, this she's movie. She's pretty busy. Goop is kind of a big deal these days. Even I don't, how hands on do you think she is with Goop? I Which, think very. As that sentence came out of my mouth, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Anyway, so I was obviously new baby, pretty sleep deprived, pretty emotional time, and like 
this was a pretty intense theater experience. Because I gotta say, I so if you've read the Avengers comics, it, this is called like the Decimation. Most people call it the Snap. There's like the Infinity Gauntlet series. Like people knew this was mm -hmm. the direction they were going. Side note. Is gauntlet, like, a commonly used term for that glove thing he has? Yeah, so, like, in, in medieval times, like, a knight's glove, like, a, like an that armor glove is called a gauntlet. Huh. Okay. And have you ever heard, like, throwing down the gauntlet? Yeah. So, that was, like, a I new... Think, when, I think I imagined a weapon. I mean, <laughs> did you not see the same movie I just saw? I, We're so getting yes. a little off track, but the idea of, you know, like, a knight used to throw down his gauntlet, and that was how you'd fight, which is then how you get I to, see. like, the dandies throwing down a glove. Oh, it's, it's I said the, good day, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Throw the evolution the of okay. that's throwing down the gauntlet, but they just started doing it with like lace gloves. Got it. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah, I, I managed to avoid spoilers for this movie and Endgame, both of which I saw. I saw Endgame like three days after it came out, which for mm -hmm. fans would have been an eternity. We'll get to that. Um, this I saw, I think I saw Infinity War over a week after it came out. So like I had to really avoid spoilers and I was just pretty blown away by the ending and then yeah that was a, it was a long year right so i know because i'm married to you and you've seen it and i make you tell me things i know that some of these people are coming back but it must have been really emotional watching it and not knowing except the business of the movies did influence the storytelling a little bit here everybody knew that there was a spider-man movie being made that came out oh interesting okay right after endgame came out so everyone's like obviously and and time travel was so obviously set up in infinity war and then black you know black panther made so much money which they didn't expect black panther came out right before infinity war black panther made a ton of money and so everybody knew there'd be a black panther too because so everyone loves wakanda everybody, everybody does love wakanda so you know everybody knew this wasn't permanent there's also a very proud tradition in comic books of killing people and bringing them back mm -hmm. um that said like a lot of people died. A lot of people died. But let's... You know, like, half. <laughs> almost exactly half. <laughs> Some would argue they got pretty lucky that, like, it was definitely the least important and the know, less, less good-looking half. Yeah, that's true. One is a big loss. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's put a pin in the snap okay. and start at the beginning. I don't even remember the beginning. It's okay. I'm going to walk you through it. So, we start on... Gwyneth is jogging in the park. No, no, no. You've already... That's not the beginning. Why don't you let me drive? All right. And you just, you're along for the ride. So we start off on the Asgardians' ship. Oh, right. And we're introduced to Thanos. Mm -hmm. Very cool entrance. Um, I'm going to say his name a lot in this episode. Alan Silvestri, who did the music for the movie. He... You always do this. I like to give credit to talented <laughs> composers. And I'm sorry, best concert you've ever seen live? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Who was it? Tom Zimmer. Thank you. Alan Silvestri did the Avengers, did Avengers 2012 music, took a break, and then came back and did Infinity War and Endgame. Just the Thanos theme is really good. I don't think I noticed it all. It's like in the, next the, the deep bass horns. I assume they're trombones, but I could or tubas. I don't know. I don't know horns. Oboes? I don't know. They're not. That's a woodwind. Shows what I know. Okay, so we we get introduced to Thanos and all his little hench people, henchmen. Yep. Um, they two of the they all have ridiculous names. They come from the comics, but the two I wanted to call out are uh, your main bitch Ebony Maw, nice, who's the guy that can move really powerful, can move yeah. things with his mind, and is like monologues a lot. He so I mean I I know I commented on this while we were watching. He was so annoying and was like such a sniveling little brown noser that I was truly blown away when he started to use his powers because I thought he was just a like, mm, Thanos, and he was actually really powerful. 
I was impressed. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think he's super annoying and like, um, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Grovel. He pontificates. Like, yes, it, he does. And uh, but anyway, then you see him in action and like he's pretty badass. He is pretty badass. And then you have um, the one lady in the team. Her yeah, who has like a weird makeup thing that makes her look like she has a goatee. Right. Well, and she's, horns. And she has horns. I mean, she has horns. Her name is Proxima Midnight. Wow. So you've got Ebony Maw and Proxima Midnight, and I think of memory serves one of their names is Obsidian Cull. Ooh, that's so these, pretty cool. These are these, these are nerdy names. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, you hadn't seen so they're you know obviously really messing up the Asgardians. Yeah. Uh, Heimdall, Idris Elba dies. Loki dies. So what really bummed me out about this is I mean, you explained who Loki was, and I sort of thought I wouldn't like him. He's kind of a bad guy, but I liked him. Well, that's the whole, that's the tricky part. And I'm so sad that he's gone now. Oh, uh, I've got great news for you. I can watch Thor Ragnarok and he'll be there? No, he is going to have his own series about his adventures in, like, world history. Oh, that's cool. Disney Plus, which we are already signed up to have awesome. access for. Cool. Big ups to Uncle Andrew. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Andrew. Uh, so, so yeah, anyway, it, I'm glad you liked Loki, because he, you will, you will get more of him. Uh, what did you think of Thor's haircut, since you haven't seen Ragnarok, where he gets the haircut? I like him better with longer hair. Interesting. But, like, he still looks good. He looks great. Yeah. He looks great. But, and you liked him better when he got two eyes again. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Right away, the movie lets us know it means business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Loki's dead, like, for real this time. Ship gets blown up. We're like, oh man, like, what happened to Thor? Anyone who watches movies knows Thor's coming back because mm-hmm. it's Chris Hemsworth. Uh, and then we go to Earth. You get you get Goop, <laughs> Quintaltro, and, and, and yeah, I don't think yeah, she's not jogging, but they're enough. They're, they're very athleisure. Just finished jogging. Oh, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And uh, which is funny because Iron Man wears that outfit for the rest of the movie when, yeah. he's, when he's not <laughs> Iron Man. So like. He's wearing, like, kind of soiled jogging clothes for his entire yeah. arc. It's funny. Uh, Doctor Strange shows up. Right. What did you think of I, Doctor Strange? Okay. I like him. Yep. But him and his wizard friend, to Wong. me, don't... Right. They don't really belong in this movie. I don't mm. know. They, they don't seem like... It seems like a different kind of... They're, like, sorcery magic, whereas all these other people are kind of like power magic. I don't know. It just, they didn't feel to me like they were in the right world. I get it. It's like it's like if Harry Potter just dropped yes. into the middle of the Yes. Universe. I like their spinning discs of light power that yep. they use, though. Those and are the cool. portals. Did you mm-hmm. like the portals? Yeah, the portals are very fun. They were cool. And they cut off the, little, the, they cut off the big guy's arm yep. with the portal. Yep. Um, yeah. I think if you've seen Doctor Strange when the masters of the mystic arts or the wizards are introduced, it would have been less of a shock to your system. Okay. But, like, I get what you're saying. And when I remember when like Thor entered the MCU, so it's like the third or fourth movie, I was like, oh, I kind of like the like, okay, Iron Man's just really smart. His powers are technology, mm-hmm. and then Captain America's on, basically on steroids. Mm-hmm. Like those are grounded somewhat in reality. And then Thor gets into like straight up space magic. Yeah, but he's a god or something. Right. But then he introduced like, well, magic when you're in space is just like science you don't understand. Okay, I'm into all that. I guess they, they like wore me down and I've accepted it. So you, <laughs> so you can get to this point of like a guy has like Dumbledore level powers and uh-huh. it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Um, so, but I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We get a nice little bit of exposition about the Infinity Stones. Yep. By Wong. Yep. Uh, I like it. It was a fun line when he saves, um, 
um, Iron Man, and then as Iron Man said, he was like, well, I'm invited to my wedding. And then blasts off. Yeah. Yeah, that to me is the MCU at its best. Yeah. This movie, how dark this movie is, like, there's a ton of humor. Like, they're definitely funny. Right things. up until, like, they're quipping, like, uh, Thor and Captain America are quipping about haircuts and beards, like, right. 10 minutes before the snap. Yeah. Um, and they do, they do a pretty good job with that. And I think you'll find in Endgame, they probably push the limits of good taste in terms of, like, they're cracking jokes when people are going through, like, serious psychological problems. Okay. But we'll, we'll get into that. I think the Infinity Stones, they're a MacGuffin, as, yep. as we've talked about before. Uh, they don't, everybody can get on board with them. Everyone understands the concepts. They do a good job of covering, like, all the parts of existence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they do a really good job of just, like, Wong does his planetarium thing in the, in yes, the middle of the, uh, the Sanctum. And uh, now we know what they are. It's called the Sanctum where they are. Yeah. Mm, cool. It's a wizardy man. The rent on that sanctum—it's like <laughs> it's like in the, the heart of Greenwich Village. I know. I'm like, what a shame that Hulk came flying through the air and destroyed part of the beautiful staircase. Because it must be like Washington Square Park. Like just think, like because they Iron Man gets knocked into Washington Square Park, so like he's got to be I don't know, one or two blocks from there. So yeah. basically, they're on top of NYU. Like that's it's a nice spot. That's not the rent. They, they must own, but. <laughs> Just the, the city tax alone. Yeah. But they're wizards that they like, you know, plenty of money. Uh, Iron Man has a flip phone. I just wrote that down. Yes, that was fun. funny to see. It's a fun little thing. Yeah. And I, then, I would just have thought, you know, he probably has it, but like, doesn't use it. He probably like, calls with his brain or phone in the palm of his hand or something. Uh, but I like it as his only way to contact yeah. Captain America. Right. right. Who, in theory, also has like, a lame little cell phone that he answers. Well, if he were to stay in character, he would be picking up one of those little, like, two-parts phones right, that you have right. to wind before <laughs> you can use. So, we we get into the action. Mm-hmm. The, the Ebony Ma and the, I don't know, the, the really big guy's yeah. name show up in New York. The first too-long action sequence begins. Yep. Yeah, it's a little too long. I agree with you. Um, this is what I'll call, to, since you love the DC universe so much it's the man of steel problem man of steel the last like 45 minutes are a fight between two invincible people it's very very boring yeah yeah apparently and i'm not an expert on this apparently chinese audiences are very like enthusiastic about set pieces and Mm -hmm. fights and cgi and the effects in the way that like american audiences are probably more into like storytelling actors performances and dialogue Okay. And I don't mean to overly generalize, but like they consume action sequences in a different way that we do. And you can see it influencing movies over the last decade as Chinese markets have become a bigger deal. So I, I think that's unfortunately, you're the collateral damage of that. <laughs> I agree with you that a lot of the fight sequences go on too long. You kind of grow numb to it. You're right. like, oh, cool. Like he threw a moon at him and now there's yeah. just rocks and explosions yeah. everywhere and, you, and you, you just, you don't care. And, and this movie just has a lot of those. It does. It does. I'm not going to tell you Endgame is any easier, particularly the climax, but we'll we'll get to it. Okay. Um, this movie really, I have really tough mixed feelings about nanotech. So like the fact that Iron Man can go from wearing jogging clothes, like push a button on his chest, right. and then I understand the concept of nanotech, like tiny robots that are like little microscopic things that yeah. can form objects. But just, he goes from, like, in sweats to, I'm Iron Man, and I can, in half a second, materialize a full shield that can block this axe from an alien. I don't like it. 
Yeah. It's it's too powerful. But But the wizardry you're fine with. Well, here's where I've come to with this over the last year and change. For this movie to work, there's so much packed in that you have to accelerate wherever possible. So I respect that nanotech gives them the ability that like Iron Man doesn't need to go put his suit on. Right. And also for the actor's sake, like when they're on the spaceship and like Spider-Man can like click a button and his mask is gone and then it's back on. Like yeah. that just it just makes the movie work and I accept it. I don't like nanotech as a concept, but I get that it's necessary to make this movie work. It's also important in Endgame. I just made my peace with it. All right. And they did Black Panther does a good job of like explaining it. And uh, that's fine. And actually I saw I was watching some like special features from Infinity War and Endgame, and they show Chris Evans uh, wearing the like Captain America helmet. Mm -hmm. And he's just like clearly uncomfortable and it's like jostled and he can't see. And he just like says out of he, he uh, breaks character and just, just like, how did I wear this for an entire movie? Because <laughs> like when he did Captain America or, or Avengers, he's wearing the helmet for most of the yeah. movie. And I'm like, you know what? For the actor's sake, I'm glad they did nanotech so that yeah. they could just go from like fighting mode to talking mode. And it's yeah, fun. It anyway, better. That's all, uh, that's all I have to say. But uh, yeah, so going through the fight scene, you... <laughs> Your commentary about Ebony Ma's abilities through the course of the New York fight scene were really, really great. You're just like, this guy is impressing me a little more. Well, he was. I just found him so annoying. I thought he was just kind of like a, you know, like you couldn't actually do anything. He was just a commentator and always like, you know, talking up how wonderful Thanos is and, and everyone should be grateful that they're being murdered because it's for the greater good and like all the heat of Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. And I just, I didn't think he had anything to stand on in his own two feet, but turns out he does. Well, he's like a religious zealot. Yeah, like, it's weird. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And like, he, he does some pretty good shit talking with Doctor Strange. Yes. Anyway. Like. He, he impressed me. I'm not going to say he grew on me because I still didn't like him, but yeah. I, I accepted him more. We get through, I admit, an overly long fight sequence in New York, but like a lot of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Iron Man and Spider Man are in space, mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, Wong's coming to the wedding, like yeah. a lot has, has happened. Um, we then cut, and, and this movie just jumps around, but then we cut to space, which cracks me up every time yeah. the screen just says space. Yeah. And we get introduced to the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I have to say, I really appreciate it for you who've never seen them before. Rubber Band Man's playing, they're all flying in hyperspace mm -hmm. and you, you you get to see who they all are you get a little bit of their dynamic and now you know who they are and they're very likable i thought groot was really funny mm -hmm. groot. so in guardians one you have adult groot who's very charming mm -hmm. in guardians two you have baby groot who's like six inches tall right and so now you have teenage groot so actually in all the movies groot is in you have a different iteration of groot um they find the the, the wreckage and they meet thor Yep. Which is also a fun Yeah, that's fun a sequence. fun a fun scene. I didn't quite understand what they were doing with like was it Quill? Yeah. He was like trying to use Thor's voice. So yeah, he's obviously a little insecure yeah. about Thor, which like I get it. I've never been in the same room as Chris Hemsworth, but he's very good looking. Yeah. And he has a very deep voice and he's very muscular. And Quill's girlfriend like even can't keep her hands up off of him. Well, yeah. I mean, and Drax has a little bit of a man crush on him. Yeah. Uh, one of the many great lines in this movie, it, it, it's like a pirate had a baby with an angel. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just great. Um, and you get to see Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth play off each other. And I 
think you discover, and if you've seen Thor Ragnarok, you know this, I think Chris Hemsworth is the best comedic actor in the whole movies. He's very funny. Robert Downey Jr. gets all the lines. Chris Pratt is already known as kind of a jokester, but Hemsworth just has impeccable timing and, like, could lean on his looks, but actually, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, I love him. You know that. Movie moves real, real quick. Uh, they split up. Thor, Rocket, and Groot are going to the Nid. I can't even pronounce it. Nidavellir. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. they're going to dig the forge. to the forge, and everybody else is going to nowhere to get the reality stone. Cool. Now we cut to Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post coitus in Scotland. Poor, poor lovers. Yeah, star-crossed. You might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like Elizabeth Olsen. She's great. I actually, this happens every time I see her in something, I'm like, oh, I like her. She's yeah. good. I have liked her. We loved her in Wind River. Yeah. She's great in that. Yep. Um, she's not in it a ton, but in the new Godzilla. Okay. She's, well, obviously I haven't seen that. She's good in that. And then, yeah, if you, well, you've seen Age of Ultron, but you, where, where Wanda's introduced, you probably barely remember her. She's a bad guy and then becomes a good guy. Don't remember. Anyway, Elizabeth Olsen's great. And she's really good in this movie. She gets a lot of acting to do. Happy for Paul Bettany that he gets one scene where he just gets to be Paul Bettany. And then, like, can you imagine how much time he has to spend in makeup? I know. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally, Robert Downey Jr. shows up in a hoodie. And he just plays himself. Right. And Paul Bettany has to show up with, like, red robot skin and a cape. Yeah. So that's that's tough, but I like their romance that they it's developed in Civil War. So that's when they really okay. fall in love, and uh, you know they're both connected to the Mind Stone. So that's that's where all that comes from. And I have to say, like I've I've seen Infinity War probably a dozen times. This was the first one where I really, really? like yeah because it's been on Netflix. Oh wow! Like the the oh that's something we should talk about. The best thing Marvel ever did for this movie is that whatever their contract was with Netflix, like, three to six months after this movie came out, it went on Netflix, and has been on Netflix ever since. So we're recording this in the fall of 2019. So as you were getting excited for Endgame, you had unlimited, unmetered access to Infinity War. Very smart. Which is why I've seen it so many times. Okay. Um, and one thing I... You, you know, you pick up little things here and there... I was trying to remember who was on what side in Civil War, and you, you have to really pay attention to this movie that, okay, Vision was on Iron Man's side. Okay. And every once in a while, he turns his transponder off and disappears, and that's when he's going to see Wanda, who was on the opposite side, uh. and she was on Captain America's side of the Civil War. And then it's Captain America and Scarlett Johansson and Falcon are, like, letting them meet up. Okay. Which is why they show up and save the day. Got it. When Proxima Midnight and the Goblin guy attack them. Okay. Good to know. Speaking of that moment, Captain America gets a big entrance, Avengers theme plays, and we get to see the beard. Yeah. He looks better in the beard. For sure. Because you're not a... Chris Evans is... I'm just saying... Not your type. No. To to all American, really, is is the problem. You know, you're only half American. I get it. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, he is literally Captain America, but his hair's a little darker in this one. He's got the beard. He's been on the road. He's a little rugged. But he comes in, and he's, he's got a new costume. He's no Thor. No. Nobody could be. No. It'll be interesting to see how your attitudes change in the next movie. But, um, but, but you said he looks good. You're yeah. like, he looks good. Not great, but better. You know who looks great? Scar Joe. 
You like Scar? I wanted to ask you about Scar Jo. She always looks great. She always does. You, you except, know, for, except for that movie Lucy. She sucked in that movie. Which is funny because her look in this movie is actually like kind of close to her look in Lucy. No, no, no. Yeah, she's blonde. Much better. And, no, okay. she's much better looking. Well, you know, I've had a thing for Scar Jo since... Forever. Since forever. Not since like Horse Whisperer because she was a child. You know what's like, funny? She was in um, Home Alone 3. Yeah, she she's the... Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. funny. Uh, but definitely since like Girl with a Pearl earring. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, I mean, she's, she looks great. I was disappointed Hawkeye wasn't in this one. Yep. Yep. They kind of explain him and Ant-Man off screen. They're just like, they have families. They're on house arrest. Will they be in the next one? Yes. Hawkeye is in the next one. But that, and again, I totally hear you. The whole fight sequence in Scotland goes on a little too long. They all go on a little too long. I know. All right. So now at this point, all of our characters... Are, are, you know, the movie jumps around a lot, but now, okay, yeah. all the characters are set up, and we go back, and we've got the team that went to get the reality stone. I start to get a little bit confused. When does the Hulk meet up with everybody? Not to Wakanda? No, he gets sent to New York, but then he can't become the Hulk. No, 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 he's in New York. I know, but when does he meet up? When I said everybody, I mean everybody I know. So with, like, Captain America and ScarJo and... Sure, I got you. So he goes up the Hudson River to Avengers HQ, which is just, oh, okay. just and like... Oh, they show up there. And then they show up there, and he's, like, convalescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, what, what crew are we with now? We're with uh, Quill and Gamora, oh. the, the half of the Guardians. All right. I know you have, I know you have some thoughts on Quill. Can you can you hold them in until we, until we get Fine. there? Fine. And I know, you know, they've become so mixed with my thoughts on real-life Chris Pratt ever mm -hmm. since he divorced Anna Faris. So sad. let's just put a pin in that. We will we will get to it. Okay. But we get introduced to the Reality Stone and its powers. Yes. One of the many misdirections these two movies will throw at you, where Gamora, you get the setup thing with the balanced knife. Yep. Um, and then seemingly kills Thanos, and he uses it to actually show that she, you know, she has some, some tricky emotions. Yeah. You know, because he's not a good dad, but he is her dad. Right, right. The, the, it's, the whole thing is like, their relationship is complicated and weird. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better <laughs> That's it. Um, so they're there, they're trying to get the stone from him. Yeah. They're trying to keep him from getting the, which stone is it that's there? The space stone? Reality stone. Oh, right, because he's already gotten it by the time they get there. Yeah. Right, right, right. Who, why was it there? So this is as good time as any. In Thor The Dark World, Natalie Portman accidentally like discovers the reality stone mm -hmm. and the movie is like Thor has to get it out of her. Mm -hmm. And then he gives it to the collector who is set up in the other movies. And because it's like, it seems like a safe place for it to be. And actually like Quill calls him out. He's like, only an idiot would give the collector, who's like a shady character, yeah. uh, an Infinity Stone. And Thor says, like, or a genius. Uh -huh. Like, it was a clever place to hide it. Obviously, it ended up being a bad idea. Yeah, for once, Quill was right. Yep. <laughs> what, uh, so yeah, we, we, Thanos t takes Gamora because mm -hmm. she knows where the, th the Soul Stone is, and he knows that. Is there a, like, is her, is more of her backstory or her finding where the stone is, whatever, is that in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? No. The only thing you can learn about her backstory in Guardians of the Galaxy is that at the beginning, she is Thanos' daughter and, like, works for him. Mm -hmm. Like, is on his side. Okay. And she, like, breaks away from him in that, in the first Guardians movie. Okay. But she's always been conflicted. She knows he's 
a bad yeah. person, but she's like his lieutenant okay. and until that movie. Got it. Um, what'd you think of their backstory? Who's the Thanos, Thanos and Gamora. You, you know, he kills, kills half the people on her planet, but, you know, adopts her. Um, honestly, like, kind of overdone. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I can't think of an example, but I feel like that's, like, a pretty classic story. Like, oh, bad guy comes, is impressed by, like, fighting spirit little girl, takes her under his wing. Sure. I'm sure if we really thought about it, we could yeah. come up with some examples. So, but we can't, so that's okay. Kind of lame. But you do see him, he's gentle with her. Yes. And I think this is as good a time as any to talk about two things. Number one is Josh Brolin's performance as Thanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's motion capture, oh, but obviously you, you can recognize Josh Brolin's face and obviously the voice. I think, and, I, and most people felt this way, I think it's just an incredible performance. Um, I can't picture Josh Brolin. I would never have recognized his face, and I don't know what his voice sounds uh, like. I'm trying to think of your best frame of reference for Josh Brolin. Um, he's in everything. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, like, for a big purple space monster, pretty complex mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And a lot of nuance. Totally. Also, and I, I, many, many people have said this, if you really think about it, Thanos is the protagonist of the movie. He drives the action. He's the one. Usually the protagonist is the one seeking the MacGuffin. He's the one seeking the MacGuffin. And the Avengers are the antagonists. Because they're the ones getting in his way at at every step. Yeah, it's interesting. It it was weird because to me this is supposed to be a movie about the Avengers, but it really was a movie about Thanos. Right. Um, And I would say Josh Brolin did not get nominated for an Oscar. If he had, I'm sure it would have been for supporting actor. Right. But you could make a case for... Like best yeah, actor. It's weird. Well, there's not re- like this movie jumps around too. Like it's too many people. Yeah, yeah. It's this and Endgame are probably the two most ambitious movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they they deliver, and even though you're like it's a lot that you that they don't completely fall apart, I think is really impressive. Yeah. A fun little moment. So we go back to the spaceship where Iron Man, Spider Man, and Doctor Strange are. Uh huh. They kill Ebony Maw. Yep. In a, it's a fun homage to Alien. You remember an Alien? They blast. It doesn't I mean, matter. Do I? Am I going to remember the difference between Alien, Predator, Alien versus Predator? All of they're the same. Somebody, <laughs> somebody might. Never. Anyway, Spider-Man has the idea based on Alien and Aliens to blow him out into space, mm-hmm. and it works like in two seconds, which yep. is fun. Yeah. Uh, it's almost too easy, but honestly, I appreciate it after so many long battle scenes. You, you got to kill henchmen pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, that's the whole point of action. So, and then you get a, a fun moment for me because I'm a huge fan of both uh, these actors and their performances in this role. But you get uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch squaring off. Yeah. And they have both been Sherlock Holmes very recently. Right. And actually, for all I know, are both going to be Sherlock Holmes again. I know Robert Downey Jr. is doing it again because there's going to be a third one. Very excited about that. Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't know if they're going to continue the uh, the modern Sherlock's or not. But anyway... They're both great. They're both great actors. And I'm always impressed by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, his ability to do an American accent. Yes. And, and not sound funny. It is impressive. He, um, he's a little holier than thou in this movie. Well, if you see Doctor Strange, his whole journey is like he's an arrogant prick, like oh. rock star surgeon whose hands get destroyed. And then he, he becomes a wizard. Like, he becomes a wizard. Got it. Because of that. So, like, he is... 
they're actually pretty similar. They're both incredibly arrogant, which mm-hmm. is why they, they uh, butt heads. Uh, really good. Two fun things now we cut to. We're jumping around. Jumping around space, jumping around the universe. The movie does this. It's fine. We, we, do we it cut too. to the, the pod with Thor and Rocket and Groot. Yep. You get, like, the three of them just kind of shooting the shit about, like, how Groot is going to pee. Yeah. And you get the fun throwaway where they just, like, this is, it's called hanging a lampshade on something. Like, why can Thor understand Groot? Right. And it's just like, oh, like, it was an elective on Asgard. I'm like, that's great. That's fun. I love that stuff. Um, And then, and this is why I really think Chris Hemsworth, he he probably does the best acting in these two movies. Mm -hmm. His whole, like, what do I have left to lose monologue about, like, his family dying and whatever. It's just... Great acting. Yeah. I yeah. love um, the raccoon. You can be like, well, you know, me, me personally, I have a lot to lose. I have a lot to lose. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's great in these movies. Yeah. But Bradley, Bradley Cooper, who really doesn't sound much like he Bradley He doesn't sound Cooper. anything like Bradley Cooper. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Bradley Cooper's really shown us uh, a lot since Wedding Crashers. Yeah. He can, he can direct. He can sing. He yep. can voice a raccoon. He, he can be a sniper. He can do it all. Yeah. Uh, they get to the forge. Yep. Dinklage. Super fun. Surprise Dinklage. Yes. I love that. Well, I was expecting somebody tiny because it's either an elf or a troll or something. Dwarf. A dwarf is what he is. They, they call them dwarfs who right. like have a long tradition of, of forging yeah. and smithing. And it's just funny that he's massive. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Good fun. Yeah. So what happened to his hands? So Thanos went there, had him make the thing, killed everybody else, and then was like, I'll let you live, but like you can't forge anything anymore. I think we're supposed to understand he basically like dipped his hands in metal. Right. So that like... Yeah, he can't make anything for anybody ever again. In theory, to prevent th- someone like right. Thor from getting a weapon like Stormbreaker. Yeah. But, but they, yeah, they're kind of like, no, like, it's not your hands, it's your mind. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. And I actually think the movie spends way too much time on Thor getting the axe. Yeah. Um, but Really interesting that he goes from a hammer to an axe. Yep. Is that just his new weapon now? Yep. What's it called? Storm? Stormbreaker. Hmm. Which is a bit much. Mm-hmm. It's rocket <laughs> So then he's got it. Yep. Meanwhile. There's... In Wakanda. There are 30 meanwhiles in this movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. In Wakanda. All right, so they go to Wakanda because they want to get the stone out of Vision's forehead. Yep, and because, they need they need Shuri. Right, because they think that like the stone is part of who Vision is. But it's not all of him, and so they think if they remove it, but like connect everything just right, that he can still be like mostly himself. Yes. Without it, and then he won't be in as much danger with Thanos trying to get the stone. Oh no, they want to destroy. The then stone. they can just they, like right, 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 right. So a theme of this movie is that like Thanos is willing to sacrifice everything to accomplish yeah. his goal, and like all of the good guys keep waffling on sacrificing. Like Quill right. doesn't want to sacrifice Gamora, even when he tries, he fails. Yeah. They won't. They could have just killed Vision and prevented everything at the beginning, and that's what Vision wants. Captain America says we don't trade lives, right. even when they're directly under attack. They're like, no, we can still get it out of his head. Right. They're you know they're good guys, and the guy and the the, the person who who is, does not compromise ends up winning. Yeah, we're jump we're jumping around here, but yeah, that's what's going on in Wakanda. They're there. Okay, so then they're there. So Shuri, who's such a badass, she's great. She's awesome. Um, I, you know, I'm excited for Black Panther too because like, I just want to see more of Wakanda. Yeah. I want to know more. Um, so she's working her magic and is like, give me as much time as possible. This is going to be tough. Yeah. They're out there fighting the space dogs or whatever those things well, are. Well, but hold on. We haven't gotten the space dogs yet. 
Okay. We got to go. We got to two things. Um, number one, we're everybody, the Guardians and Iron Man and everybody, they get to Titan. Yeah. Oh, right. Thanos' right, right. home world. They all yep. meet up. They realize they're on the same team. Yeah, that was funny. And then, uh, pretty important is Doctor Strange does the thing where he goes forward in time. With oh the yes. Time stone. Right, and he realizes that of like millions of possible outcomes, there's only one where they win. Yeah, I'm gonna share a small pet peeve I have. So he's like, "How many possibilities do you look at?" And he's like, 14,600 and something." And I'm like, "It should have been a number farther from the round of 14 million. Like it should have been like." Fourteen million four hundred thousand six hundred twenty-five, or something like that. And it just anyway, it's just it's a little I didn't thing. notice. It's stupid, but it bothers me. But anyway, the point is like they have literally astronomical odds, right? And there's only one possible way, right? And but only okay, Doctor so you were Strange saying, knows. but he can't tell because that would be like abusing his time powers or whatever. It's not so much a moral thing; it's that if you tell someone how the future is going to play out, it won't play out the way I you see. need it to. I see. So like, he knows what's going to happen and can control his role in those events playing out, including like he knows he has to die, uh-huh. but he can't tell anybody what they need to do because then that, then they won't do it the way he okay. needs to do. So he ends up well. First, there's Quill being an idiot. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this now? Yeah, I don't even remember well, my exact. We, before, okay. We have to talk about Thanos and Gamora and the Soul Stone. I don't want to. It was sad. It was sad. Okay. Yeah. So. We get to see Red Skull on Vormir. One thing I love is that the actor that played Red Skull in Captain America, the first Avenger, is mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving. Very, very famous. You wouldn't know him. I don't. Because <laughs> he's in The Matrix and he's in Lord of the Rings, which are not movies you're nope. super familiar with. Anyway, he like was busy or like didn't want to come back and do the mm-hmm. role. So they just found a guy that can do a really good Hugo Weaving impression. Oh, that's funny. And he does the voice of the like... like Gamora, daughter of Thanos, which is yeah. a terrible impression, but I can't do Hugo Weaving. That's why they didn't ask me <laughs> to be in this movie. Um, so they discover the gimmick with the Soul Stone is that to have it, to yeah. understand it, you have to sacrifice something you love. So it seems pretty uh, pretty good luck that Thanos has very, the only person he loves right there with him. Very Harry Potter, very Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, convenient that yeah, Thanos yeah, happens to have brought something like um, But again, Thanos is a complex character. Gamora, who knows him really, really well, starts laughing. Yeah. She's just like, the one thing I know about you is that you love nothing. Or you yeah. love nobody. And he really loves, he loves his daughter. Yeah. In a really sick, twisted, complicated way. Right. The music in this scene, the like Soulstone music theme, is incredible. It swells, throws Gamora off the ledge. She dies in a very PG-13 level of gore for falling uh-huh. from that height. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, <laughs> if you fell from that height, you cannot point a camera at you yeah. afterward. You are everywhere. And he gets the Soulstone. He gets the Soulstone. So then he's showing up. He already has it, right? He already has it when he shows up on his home planet. And he's fighting with the faction of the people who were yes. there. Yes, over admittedly another really overly long yeah. fight because everybody's got to get a chance to use their powers. Yeah. Quill does the lily pad thing on the Doctor Strange stuff. You laughed. I saw when Spider Man is going through all the portals and he's like, "Magic, magic with the kids." Yes, that was funny. Not a good way to fight when you're using magic to announce like where you're right. coming from as right. you're coming through, and he gets his ass kicked because of it. But um, and then Quill ruins everything. They almost have him. 
I remember being really frustrated with Quill the first time I saw the movie. And then the more times I've seen it and the more the theme is like people won't sacrifice and they let their emotions get the best of them. And it's Thanos' fanaticism that lets him win. I just feel like there's always some man who has to get revenge. There's always so, just some stupid guy whose ego and whatever gets the better of him. You can make this the about thing. the patriarchy. That's fine. No, I'm sorry. It's just this is like this is the, the problems we have in the world all come down honestly to men being selfish and greedy and egotistical. I'm not going to argue with you. Thank you. I really liked you did point out a problem with this movie that many people have pointed out. Would you like? Why are they pulling the glove off? Why don't they just like slice? They have so many different off. ways to slice his arm off. Yeah. Just slice his arm off. Movies aren't perfect. Yeah. So that all that's going down, they blow it. In and the exact same moment, we got a big battle in Wakanda. Yep. You were you were into this like the armies marching out in the field. They've got the shield cloaks. Yeah, that was cool. They've got I like the spears, the shoot whatever. lasers. When they start fighting, then it gets boring. Yeah. Everyone's fighting everyone. They decide to open part of the barrier so that they can like concentrate the fighting where they are and not let people go around. Yeah, they're getting flanked. Right. And so, and they're fighting a very stupid enemy. So they're like, yeah. okay, if I let them, at least we can keep them in front of us. Like yeah. that, that's fine. When uh, they charge and, and Black Panther goes Wakanda forever. I've yeah. seen this movie a dozen times. I still get goosebumps. Yeah. Um, and like literally this week, uh, a player on the Patriots, when they do the thing, they're like, introducing the defense. He was just like, Wakanda forever. Anyway, good. it's great. I can't wait for Black Panther too. Yeah. I think it's going to be super it's fun. Be good. Fight, 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 fight. Battle, battle, battle. Thor gets the hammer made. Mm-hmm. I love every time I see it, that Groot, it's Groot's arm is the handle yeah. of Stormbreaker. It's really cool. Cause like that wasn't the plan, but it works out perfectly. Yeah. Groot and Thor and Rocket show up in the bat when like things are going pretty bad. Everybody's getting overwhelmed and swamped. They show up. Thor is known as the uh, strongest Avenger, so mm-hmm. he he really starts. I like when uh, Bruce slash the Hulk was just like, "You guys are so screwed now." Yeah, and yeah, it's fun. So if you've seen Thor Ragnarok, like him and Thor have just been on a big adventure together, big fights. Like he knows how powerful yeah. Thor is now. You get you get the fun. Uh, Fun exchange between Captain America and Thor. Yep. Haircuts and beards. Nice yeah. little break from the battle. We get the, um, a great chick fight. One of several that are in these movies. Uh-huh. Where you got uh, ScarJo and the, the Wakanda General. Yep. And, um, and Wanda against Proxima Midnight. ScarJo Scar gets to do some quipping. So, like, Wanda throws her up in the machine. If you actually have slowed this down, because people have said it's worth slowing down. Yeah. She gets cut directly in half. Like, the uh, two bits of her go everywhere. Yeah, which I is didn't why really see what happened to her. ScarJo goes... That was that was, that was really gross. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how powerful Wanda is. Yeah, Wanda, Wanda is very, very powerful. And then that's actually how she and Vision, like, find out they're kind of in love. Because she can actually, like, fight with Vision. Uh-huh. So they, they're like... That kindles their love. Should uh, you and I fight together? Do you think that would like kindle our love? I don't know. Like you? Who can we battle? Well, I thought we have to battle each other. Oh, but then no, 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 no. I mean, like, since I'm vision in this equation, I don't really like where it's going. <laughs> I could never hurt you. Oh, it's very sweet. But like, then she very much hurts him. I don't know. Then he has to do it all over again. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So right before Thanos shows up, 
he kicks Iron Man's ass, which I like. Yeah. I like that, like, Iron Man should lose to Thanos. Because yes. he's just a guy, even with all his nanotech, yeah. I love how, like, it can't keep up with but then how he, much... like, healed himself, right? Yeah, there. Iron Man has this spray now in this movie. He uses it to fix the ship when they blow the hole in it. Right. And he uses it to, like, heal a very mortal stab wound yeah. to his abdomen. All right. Cool, whatever. There's a lot going on. Um, I love the line where he's like, when I'm done, half of humanity will still be alive. I hope they remember you. Yeah. It's a great line. It's so loaded where, like, he does really respect Tony Stark. Yeah. But he's also just like, I hope they remember that, like, you failed. Yeah. And, like, you couldn't defeat Pretty me. loaded. Looks great. Uh, you almost want Thanos to, like, write a memoir, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's what Endgame is about. Yeah, it's just him agree. sitting in his little uh, retirement garden mm -hmm. writing a memoir. But you don't know right now. I, you're right, I don't. It's uh, nice, though, where he was... Oh, yeah. Super nice. So it's a nice <laughs> valley. Like, love the placement of the house with uh -huh, the tiered, the tiered gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get there just yet. Uh, did you like the, the setup of Endgame? Where... So, Doctor Strange gives Thanos the Time Stone. Yeah. Iron Man, who spit, like, very weird, because he says specifically, like, I will let you die. Yeah, right. To protect the Time and Stone. And he's like, why did you do that? And he says it was the only way or something. Yeah, and he's like, we're in the end game now. Yeah. End game is a chess term. I don't know if you're familiar. I'll try not to mansplain, but... I'm not familiar. Go ahead. End game refers to the phase of a chess match where you are making, like, the final 10 to 15 moves to put mm -hmm. someone in checkmate. You, you Where you know the... Find all the moves you need to do to finish the game. That's okay. the end game. Um, it's when someone is clearly going to win and someone is clearly going to lose. That, that's the setup. Thanos shows up in the Wakanda battle. Yep. We get the, the big Thanos theme and he just whoops everybody's ass. Right, because he looks so powerful. Yeah, well, he's got five, five Infinity Stones at this point and like just nobody's even close to a match for him. Wanda, I'm ready for the Hulk to come out. I think you're gonna like the direction okay. that that goes in. I'm I'm very excited to see your there's you know because Endgame is arguably a more complicated movie mm -hmm. than than Infinity War. So I'm very excited to see how you you take all that. Wanda kills Vision. So sad. The music is really breaks your heart. Alan Sylvester, you're great. I know I will, I'm not spending too much time on it, but <laughs> I'm passionate about this. What 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 did you think at that moment where like the Mind Stone is destroyed? Thanos is right there. Um, I, I think I just I, I was trying to figure out what was going to happen. I, I didn't remember that he could go back in time, but I was thinking that maybe all that that would mean is that now five Infinity Stones were all of them, and then that he would be just as powerful. And they didn't realize that. I distinctly remember in theaters being like, oh, like, oh, oh like wow, they, okay, they sacrificed Vision, like what an amazing moment. And then you notice immediately how unfazed Thanos is. By, like, the final Infinity Stone being destroyed. Right. And then as soon as the gauntlet lights up green, I, I was like, oh, no. Because in yeah. Doctor Strange, you get to see, like, what you can do with the Time Stone in terms of that stuff. He winds it back 30 seconds. But it's weird. When he winds it back, he's not directly back where he, he's not, like, Wanda's not, like, two arms, you know, like, fighting him and also killing Vision at the same time. He just, like... Winds it back and plucks it out of his head. Yeah, so like he is independent from him rewinding. Oh, okay. Okay. There's going to be a lot of... Uh, we're going to do a lot of talking about manipulating time okay. <laughs> in, 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 in this episode and the next. Well, mostly the next. Yeah. Uh, he just brutally kills Vision. 
It's really sad. It just rips him apart. Yeah, it's pretty. When he, when he like, pulls the stone out and Vision's body just goes limp. Like, and totally there, all yeah. the red leaves, he just goes yeah, gray. it's really weird. Very, very tough. Thanos creates one of my favorite memes ever, so he drops the Mind Stone into the middle thing of his gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And then you see him, like, really get powered up. He's, like, flexing. He's got all the colors going through him. Like, that has become a meme of, like, someone. Like, anytime you get super powered, oh. like, it became a thing for, like, a meme for the 4th of July. Yeah. Because it's, it's, like, like Bud Light, cheeseburger. Like, the Infinity yeah. Stones are, like, Bud Light, cheeseburgers, like, cigarettes, fireworks, <laughs> like, bug spray. And it's just, yeah. like, someone, do, like, doing that. It was the 4th of July. It's really funny. There's a lot of good memes. Describing memes verbally is not a great way to do them justice. I found it fun. annoying that the Mind Stone, like, the space on his gauntlet for it was bigger than the stone, and then the stone gets this is, bigger. This is why we're married. I'm just, like, I get the symmetry, and he needs one in the thumb, but also, like... Did he know that they were going to go in in the order he got right, them? And like have or did it matter? Bigger, Why yeah. is it bigger? It looks cool. It does look cool. And a lot of people have did memes when Tom Brady won his sixth ring that he has the Infinity Gauntlet and oh, they're all nice. filled in with the Super Bowl rings. So then, then you're just like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? And then Thor comes out of nowhere. Yeah, so it's immediate. You're like, oh man, like he's got all the stones. What's he going to do? Immediately, like Thunderbolt. Thor comes in, throws Stone uh, Stormbreaker, which you see, like, Thor is a match for Thanos with Stormbreaker, yeah. which is the whole reason we spend 25 minutes of the movie going to get it. Yeah. It goes into Thanos' chest, and you're like, oh, like, damn. Thor, like, pushes it in. Thanos is really suffering. And then you get the line that's become iconic, to borrow one of your favorite words. You should have gone for the head. Because that would have actually killed him right away. Mm-hmm. I think he should have just gone for the shoulder. Yeah, a little more than I just got. Anyway, he didn't. Snaps the fingers. Mm -hmm. So when they go back in time in the next movie, is Thor going to remember that and then go for the head next time? So many questions. (laughs) I'm I'm excited to watch the movie with you. I really am. Um, So I really like the way that the... So when he did the snap, and I remember in theaters... If you've read the comics, they, people knew it was coming. I never read the comics, so they set it up well that he's going to snap his fingers. He snaps his fingers, you're like, oh, shit, that's all he needed to do. Yeah. But then he's in the soul realm or whatever with, right. with little girl Gamora, and that's pretty weird, and you get more Thanos complexity yeah. where, like, he, you know, he's like, I had to sacrifice everything yeah. to accomplish this goal that I believe in, which you have to, like, it's awful. He's a genocidal maniac, but you yeah. have to begrudgingly respect his commitment and his fanaticism. Right. I'm just saying, there are people in the real world who think the same thing. I know. I know. But this is not a political podcast. <laughs> okay. We cut back. I don't know if you noticed, but, like, the Infinity Gauntlet is, like, all messed up. Yeah. From him doing that. So, I like, like, it shows how much power's been exerted. Right. And Thor's just like, what did you do? He uses the space stone, pops into a portal. And then, like, we don't know what's happened, but, like, you can hear, like, rolling thunder all through yeah, the air. It's, it gets really quiet. And then Bucky is the first one. Yeah. And the, uh, that, those are the moments in movie theaters that you remember when Bucky just goes, like, Steve, and it turns, and he's first looking at his arm, and then he completely falls over, and he's yeah. gone. And I was just like, oh, no. And then we start losing people real fast. Yeah. So, like, we lose Black Panther. We lose Falcon. We lose Wanda. Uh, we lose half the Wakandans. Right. Real, real quick. Um, we lose Groot. And then we go to Titan. Guardians of the Galaxy are going down left and right. I saw you smile when Quill gets dusted. I saw yeah. you smile. He's annoying. I know. I know. But, um, man, when 
when Spider-Man says, Mr. Oh, Stark, I don't feel so good. Didn't that hit you so right sad. in the feels? Yeah. People were bawling really? in the theater. Bawling. That's why I'm, I'm sad that movie good. movie theaters are slowly dying. Like we will probably do episodes of this podcast when like movie theaters are barely a thing anymore. Yeah. There's no replacement for being with like a hundred people for certain moments in movies. And when Spider-Man goes in this movie, even though anyone that follows Marvel knew Tom Holland as Spider-Man was coming back. Yeah, it's a real kick in the guts. Yeah, and you hadn't even seen Spider-Man: Homecoming when their whole relationship. No, is I don't care at all. I just—it's just—he's a child. He's yeah. sad, and he's—he's he's charm. I mean, he's yeah, charming. He he's, he's enthusiastic. Sweet. He's very sweet. Really should have stayed on the bus, though. But I guess he probably would have died anyway. Yeah. So, very conveniently, pretty unlucky for Thanos, I would say, is that, like, the original six Avengers, the core group, yeah. which is uh, Captain America. Thor. Thor. ScarJo. ScarJo. The Hulk. Yep. How many is that? That's four. Iron Man. Yep. Oh. You know this. Don't tell me. Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah. Well, he, that's not fair. He wasn't... Alive. I know that's not fair. That's why I was helping you out. And I don't know that he's alive. Right, but I'm just... Okay, I'm telling you. That was an unfair quiz. But you did great. Hmm. It's just too bad that, like, all of the leaders right. and the best ones are still there to, like, pick up the pieces. Yeah. But, like, he knocks out, you know, Black Panther. That's a big loss. That and, is like, a big loss. Uh, group, and also, like, loss. if I was anyone in Wakanda, I'd be pissed about this because I'd be like, yo, people are not hungry in our world. <laughs> In our country, everybody's got food. Everybody's doing fine. So you you're don't a, need to wipe out. You're a Wakanda us. isolationist. You're like, before we had this new king, like we were doing great, mm-hmm. and like you let the outside world in, and now there's like space dogs, and yeah. like, and half of us are gone. Yep, it's bullshit. Yeah, they should have just let Michael B. Jordan be the king. Yep. So our heroes are just like stunned. Everyone's just sad. Captain America sitting on the ground, just like, oh god. Yeah. And then. The movie ends, and I don't know if you remember, it's a callback to a line, and there's like, what would, someone asked Thanos, like, what will you do when you accomplish your goal? And he says, I'll finally rest, and I'll watch the sunrise on a grateful universe. Mm. So the last shot of the movie is him, he's in his, like, beautiful country, country home. Yeah. He sits down, he's clearly, like, he's pretty messed up from the whole thing. He's had a long day. Yep. And he... Um, God, this is it's so cool because it's all computer effects. You can see that the sun, like the light on his face is increasing. The sun is oh. rising and he smiles yeah. ever so slightly and then cut to credits. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the next one. I want to know what happens. So like, thank God, like it's sitting, we own it. We own it. It's sitting. It's ready to go. Imagine waiting 12 months. I can't. Brutal. Yeah, and there was all kinds of theories. You had to avoid the internet for a whole year. And uh, I'll talk in the Endgame episode about like my theater experience with Endgame. But I wanted to finish this episode. So we did the primer for the whole series. Now that you've seen Infinity War, I just want to give you a quick primer for okay, Endgame. I'm ready. Um, it's Okay, so all you need to know is you've seen Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel came out between these two movies. Okay. There's an end credits scene for Infinity War that we didn't watch. It's Nick Fury and Robin from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Samuel Jackson. Oh, okay. Yep. They're like, I think they're in New York. And Kobe Smulders? Yeah. And they're just like driving in New York and they're like, man, like something crazy has been going on in Wakanda. And then all of a sudden, like a car crashes in front of them, a helicopter flies into a building, and then they look in the car and there's no one in the driver's seat. So, oh, so the snap okay. has just happened. Got it. 
And then Coley Smothers goes like, Nick, and she's starting to dust away. Okay. And then he looks down at himself, and he's starting to dust away. He pulls out a pager, presses a button, and then disappears, and it shows up, and it's Captain Marvel's symbol. Oh, okay. So that happened before Captain Marvel came out. Then you've seen Captain Marvel. She gives him the pager, and is like, if anything ever goes down, call me. Yeah. Where is she again? She's, like, she works for the whole universe. Right, but, like, where, at the end of her movie, where does she, like, head off to? I think just to, like, help people. Mm, Okay. Okay. All right. So she's just kind of out there, but, like, busy. Ant-Man, who you haven't met yet, he's Paul Rust. At the the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, which takes place before Infinity War, even though it came out after. He is, the way, he, he can get so small that he can, like, get, like, sub-atomic, like, sub-molecular uh-huh. and go into something called the quantum realm. You're, like, in between atoms. Okay. So he's, like, down there doing research when the snap happens. Mm-hmm. So him, his team, like, Evangeline Lilly and, mm-hmm. and his other people, um, like, send him down. He's in there. The snap happens, and the scene is that you see that they're all, like, sitting outside where he is. The three of them that know he's down there get dusted, and he's stuck. Okay. Got it. And then the only other thing is Thor 2, which you haven't seen, and I think most people agree is the worst movie in the MCU, or certainly the most forgettable. Mm -hmm. All you need to know in that is that Thor's mom gets murdered. Okay. And Natalie Portman has the reality stone, like the essence of the reality stone, because obviously it can change in all kinds of forms. Mm -hmm. It, in, it, she like gets it in her it makes her very sick okay that's all you need Those are the but she doesn't things. die they break up yes okay alright and that's it I'm ready let's do it alright I'm, I'm excited We're, I'm freezing this moment of time where you have only <laughs> seen Infinity War but not seen Endgame yet it'll never happen again alright are you ready yes let's go what is your reaction when I tell you that Endgame is three hours I want to vomit a little bit is that, is that mostly that you're in the first trimester <laughs> or the fact that it's three hours it's both All right, let's do it. Here we go.